Hi, guys. Welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview common people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode one of this podcast, we interviewed Coach Michelle Benjamin from Resurrection Movement Studio about her journey in the fitness world, the start of Resurrection Movement Studio, the struggles she faced as she transitioned from a client to a successful coach, and she also ended the podcast with a words of encouragement. Let's get started. Today, I have a special guest for you guys. It's Michelle Benjamin. I can't believe I just called you Michelle. That's <laughs> That sounds awkward. Dubes from the studio, uh, Resurrection Movement Studio. So I wanted to bring her on board uh, today to just kind of talk about the history of how this place came to be. Michelle's known me even before the studio was born, and uh, she can tell you a lot about what's going on. So hi, Michelle. Hi, Hetty. She's very nervous, and as as I am as well, as this is our f- first podcast. Um, so, Michelle, let's start, like, how we started together. So, like, how did you find me? How did you find about my classes? And where the turning point was for us to say, or for me to say, like, when, like, okay, let's let's do this. Yeah, so I don't remember exactly how I found out about you, but I started taking your classes. You were teaching all around. So kickboxing, adult hip Oh, it was adult hip-hop. It was adult hip-hop, and that's where I started. That's where I met you first. Uh, I actually Googled you before I met you. You did? <laughs> I did, <laughs> and I was so scared. <laughs> I was so scared. I saw this, you know, street hip-hop dancer, I think it was you in college uh, doing some some dancing with some other people. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do this. I remember putting myself by the door so, <laughs> so that if it was really bad, I could just leave. So I was quite intimidated when I walked into that first hip hop class and I loved it. And then mm-hmm. I would try to follow you around as much as I could get to as many classes as I could. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's <laughs> that's really interesting. Because, <laughs> you know, like this was so this has to be back in like 2012, 2013 when I first started uh, in this area. So I moved from California at a time I went to, you know, I was attending Bloomsburg University for my master's degree. And I came I think I came to the area around May. Um, and so, and the school was going to start in September. So I had about like three to four months and I didn't want to just sit around and do nothing. So, um, throughout my life, I've kind of continued on doing like the fitness stuff on the side. So I just wanted, I knew like I wanted to continue to do that. So then I started looking into places where I could teach and, you know, I just like kind of like applied everywhere Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And I guess you Googled me and you found me. (laughs) Uh, And that's really neat. So that's just the beginning though, right? So then one day you approached me and I don't remember exactly how it came about or what started it, but I think you kind of asked if I would do an in-house personal training session with you guys, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I actually started personal training with you at one of the facilities first. Uh. And then we broke out from that and you started training me in my garage. So, and then, yeah, you said, if you have any friends that might like to do this, and we were just going to do it for that summer uh, so that we could be outside and where I live, we could, you know, do some sprinting outside and things like that. And 
it just grew. We continued through the winter. I would move my furniture twice a week yes, so that we could that. work out in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> I have to vacuum under the couch twice a week. <laughs> That's so funny. So like those days, like I still vividly remember like training out of your garage and like different people showing up each day. Like we didn't know who was going to show up that day knew. each time we ran the class and I remember at one point, like we looked around we got so big to a point, like we couldn't fit inside the house. So we moved out to the garage. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we utilized that outdoor space. And uh, it was just like a perfect setting. At that point, I didn't think much of it in a sense of like, oh, this is like the start of something new or something big. I was just was like enjoying spending time with you guys. And it was just a good group of people that I genuinely enjoyed training. And, uh, you know, that's that's crazy. That was only, what, like five, six years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. And you had your uh, kettlebells in the back of your car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mobile gym. Uh -huh. uh, and I had a lot of stuff in the back of the car. Like I never took it out from my car. It was always just sitting in there, kettlebells rolling around in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I still have chalk. We used to write the workouts yes, on the floor. On I still floor. have that chalk bucket in my garage. I yeah. can't get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And some of the clients that like that were working out with us then still is a member of our facility, which is really, really cool. Absolutely. To see like for them to see this place grow and for them to know like that's where it started. It was literally like, you know, you hear of these stories of people starting as a garage gym and kind of expanding like that is also our story. Like right. now that you think about it. Uh, and then, so let's fast forward a little bit. So you continued on as a client of mine when the studio opened. Mm -hmm. Now I, I had a lot of doubts before opening the studio. I remember having a conversation with you and Heather Crumb about like, should I really do this? Like, I don't know if I want to. Uh, but you know, I would say like you two, along with Corey, my wife was probably the three that really strongly encouraged me to open the studio. Mm -hmm. And I still do to this day. I really, really am appreciative of that. And, uh, and I'm glad I took that leap of faith, but I would, I would have to admit like 100%, if it wasn't for the three of you, like really encouraging me to do that, I don't know that if I would have taken that step. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for doing that. I don't think you ever realized the following that you had either and how much people just were drawn to you. So I think that was the biggest part of your, your yeah. fear. We could see that we could see people were just drawn to what you had to offer and, and what type of coach you were right and i think though like that's part of the identity of our place is that like we don't really worry about like the following that we have per se we're just so ingrained ingrained in what we do and so passionate about like hey like we want to get you moving better we want you to get to where you want to be we want to help you that like those kind of things don't really strike us. It's just mm -hmm. like us, if I think and me and you in general and, and the people that work here in general, what we struggle with is the confidence to know that we are able to do that and like people seek out our help. Like right. we we don't fully believe that in ourselves, And that's, that's, that's us being vulnerable and letting the listeners know like that's what we struggle with. But that's the reality of the situation is like when we're coaching the class, we're so ingrained and we're so deeply passionate about what we do that it might not show, but on our time, those are the struggles that we face on a mm -hmm. daily basis. Right. Yeah. And then, so the studio opened and then, and it became like, it started to grow and I needed help. And, uh, you know, shout out to Kaya Reedhammer for this. She was the one who got in my ear and said, I think Michelle would be a good staff to add on to you. Oh, I never knew Yeah, that. yeah. So Kaya got in my ear about <laughs> that and said that it was a good idea. And, I, and, you know, I did start to think, like, you know, if 
that I knew that I could trust you. And to me, it was the, that, that was the biggest thing is like, whoever I hire, I need to be able to trust. Right. And I can say with only hundred percent confidence that every single person that works here, like that's, that's the biggest thing is I can trust them 100%. And, uh, even if I go away, I know that the studio will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And honestly, hiring you and bringing on you on, on, on staff was probably one of the best decisions that I have ever made. Um, and, and it has been so neat to watch you grow. Um, and so I want you to tell us from your perspective of how the transition happened, what you went through, um, and, and then what was like a uh, biggest challenge. This is like a loaded question, uh, <laughs> but I want you to go ahead and tell us like your side of the story as you transitioned from a client to a coach. Yeah, it was actually, it was a little slow at first. Um, Sometimes I would cover classes when you were away, when you needed a day off. So that was really comfortable. That was easy to ease into. But then when it became official, that's when things really became real. Um, You know, so the, the, you went away for quite a while back to Japan. And then that was when I really started before that you said, you know, let's get you certified and then you can cover for me while I'm gone. Uh, and that was even okay. But then once things became my own and once, you know, it's tough when you're going from being a client to coaching a class where people that you were working side by side with, now you're coaching them. So that's tricky. That's tricky. Sometimes people, you know, maybe they didn't want to listen or maybe, you know, they're thinking kind of, who are you? So you have to really build your own confidence um, to step into that role, help them through, but also not make it, you know, too quick of a transition for them Mm -hmm. either. And I think that's like that's like a thing that I see, you know, throughout all different age groups, you know, like I know Alexis uh, struggled with that as well from coming, becoming from a a fellow dancer to an instructor. It's hard to like reestablish that uh, different relationship role when there's already one pre-established relationship within the dynamic. Exactly. So, you know, I can totally see that. And uh, that's definitely a tough transition. And I don't think anybody, I'm not here to say like it's anybody's fault, but it's just like a tough thing to go through in general. Um, But what's been really, really neat to see is you overcame that challenge. You tackled it head on. You were never discouraged, or at least you didn't show it. Um, And you worked through it. And uh, right now, like you are the most popular trainer and I that and, or coach that we have. And it's really, really neat to see because people like literally seek after you. And I feel like you get more client messages from uh, from clients than I do. Like and you all of a sudden have this like crazy following, crazy group of, uh, you know, clients that that wants to train with you, that genuinely enjoys training with you and watching you interact with different types of clients, different age levels and how you adjust the way you talk to them and adjust your training sessions has been like really really awesome to see that's one of the coolest parts of the job is the the variety of people that I get to work with you know I have somebody right now training for an Ironman and I have you know uh, middle school students who who need help with some basic movements so I mean we see the full spectrum we see all ages and and it is it, that that's what I enjoy the most, too, is the challenge of writing the programs and helping them meet all of their goals. And it really is just, you know, individualized all the way through. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
so what has been like the biggest challenge for you since you took on this coaching role? Oh boy, that's tough. Huh? I don't know. I think that changes too, as time goes through in the beginning, it was definitely the confidence to know, you know, I can do this, um, that people will respect me, that this is a good role for me to be in. Um, but then once you get through that and once you, and not to say that that doesn't, you know, poke its head up every once in a while too. Um, but you just have to work through it and, and train yourself. Um, it's very challenging to fi- I have some, some people with some challenging issues. So making sure that you're writing a program for them, that's going to keep their interest and work on those areas that they need. Um, that's really challenging. I don't know what the biggest challenge is though. I think, I think those are probably two of the biggest that Mm -hmm. I faced. So I think, you know, you brought up some great points there in a sense that like as coaches, I think in general, I mean, I don't really know in a sense, but I think we are seen as somebody who has everything together, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, and then <laughs> we are the experts in the field. But I am here to like openly admit like we're still learning. Absolutely. Um, always. And we're always adapting. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if, you know, a client has been with us for longer than two, three years, they'll see the changes that we made. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that what we were doing before, like two years ago, was wrong. It's just that we found a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we strive for is we strive to be better than we were a year, year ago or two years ago or three years ago um, because there's more information out there. This fitness industry is, you know, ever evolving. Mm-hmm. And we're always seeking after, you know, the ways to make the biggest impact on our community. Right. Um, and so I think that's why that's the approach that we take and that's the approach that, that you're your learning is that like, as you coach, like you're finding out maybe one cue works for a certain individual, but that one cue doesn't work for others. Right. And so then you have to come up with a different creative way to kind of get them to do what you want them to do. Right. As we learn too, we learn so much from our clients, even mm-hmm. if they're not telling us just how they respond to us, what, what they seem to like, what seems to work. Um, so, you know, as we grow and change, a lot of that is just based on what we see with them every day in the gym without them Mm -hmm. even telling us. So cool. Um, what has been the most rewarding thing since you started coaching? Oh gosh, there are so many. Um, I mean, I have had days where I get tears in my eyes because somebody finally gets their squat or their lunge looks great or I send somebody out feeling really good about themselves um so yeah I I can't even list one of them there are so many different things with so many different clients and they all have different goals so seeing them meet those goals or surpass their goals or watching their goals change people a lot of times will come to a personal trainer because they want to lose weight but then they find themselves as they're working out here. And it's not just about losing weight. You know, they're, they're getting stronger. They're finding out things that they never knew that they could do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that it's, it's absolutely rewarding. Every day, every client brings a new smile to my face. Right. And that's like, um, that's what we try to do, right? So they come in with this like general goal of like, oh, I want to look better or I want to lose a few pounds. 
Uh, but then through what we do and what we talk about, we just kind of make them realize like, hey, that's that's awesome. We mm-hmm. want to encourage them. We want to support you. But let's also take care of these things because like we want you to live a whole life and mm-hmm. we want this experience to be good. And I always say like, you know, this is I want this to become part of your life, you know, exercising and moving around and doing things the right way, because if it does and you truly enjoy it, the chances of you continuing on are greater mm-hmm. than if you're just like forcing yourself to get out of the bed and be here and just kind of move around. Right. You know, and then, then different things motivates different people. But in general, I feel like if people enjoy doing something, they're more likely to continue on. Absolutely. And, and that's absolutely like our goal to try to achieve with every single client that comes through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned through my own fitness journey as I was going, you can set short term goals, but really fit for life has to be one of them. It has to be, you know, something that you can sustain throughout your your whole life. Yeah. So and then bringing your family in. I see that happen a lot too. people connecting with friends and family who may not have wanted you know, to really do fitness together. And then suddenly they are. I have a bride who's getting married. And right now she and her fiance are long distance. But whenever they get together, she shows him what he's what she's learning here. And then they work on that together. And she, you know, keeps them updated on her goals. And he's interested in that. So hopefully once they get married and they're together, they'll work on all of these things together then also. That's awesome. That's, yeah. That's really, really awesome to hear. You know, it's like um, I was just thinking, you know, like it's easy to assume like, you know, we don't make mistakes. But I think through our journeys and our lives, we've made a lots and lots of mistakes. And as coaches too. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about like some of the mistakes that you made in the past that you've learned, like the biggest insight from and, you know, that, that you try to apply to in your training session when you're coaching. Gosh, you're asking all these big questions. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, you know, the general, and since this is our first podcast, like, I'm open to saying this, like, uh, my goal in this podcast is to try to give voices to people that's doing awesome things in our community. And Michelle, I truly believe, especially in within our walls, you're making a huge difference. Um, And the classes that you lead and the clients that you work with, you're making a huge difference. And, 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 you know, it's important for them to know your story. And we usually don't have that kind of platform. So this is it. Like, this is a chance for you to share those kind of stories to motivate them even more. Maybe this is a time, this is a podcast that they listen to and say, okay, I'm going to put my shoes on today for the first time in three months. I'm going to head to the gym. And those are the kind of things that, like, I hope to spread through this podcast. So, you know, go ahead and share that because people – people probably want to hear it. Right. I'm trying to think of specific things. I think um, when I first started, I, I saw everybody probably as, you know, the same. So maybe, you know, not necessarily the same, but I think maybe some of the biggest mistakes were thinking that everybody could work on, along the same lines of the same goals. Um, and now, even in a classroom in a class fitness class situation that's not not the case at all you might have 10 people in a class and each one of them is going to be working toward a a different goal and maybe that's something that you're working with with them or you know they're working on themselves whether it's modifications for an injury or um, ability you know so I think in the beginning um, those were some of the biggest you know errors that I would I would make is seeing everybody as kind of one general population Mm -hmm. and now separating that and seeing 
where everybody's at. And everybody comes in at a different point on, on a different day. You know, sometimes you have people who are super fast, super strong, and other day, and they come in on, on a particular day and they're just not feeling it or they're, you know, tired. They're not where they're at. So then you have to work with them where they're at on that day. Right. Mm-hmm. That's tough. So, yeah, that was a tough adjustment in the beginning to get people to really think like, okay, well, this is where you're at today, and that's good. That's what we're going to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's impossible to expect every single client to show up 100% every day. Right. You know, like, one of the things that, you know, I've learned over the years is fitness is just meant to be a part of your life. Mm-hmm. It's not an entire life. And I think that's true for both of us, too, is, like, we have families. Right. We have our other obligations, like our kids, mm-hmm. you know, and their kids out, you know, extracurricular activities um you have a husband to tend to i have a wife you know like and and those kind of things take priority and so to expect people to show up at the gym 100 percent um every single time they come to the door is unrealistic right and so it's so important as coaches to be able to gauge where you know where our clients are each session and then just kind of work with what they got mm-hmm. and try to get a little bit more out of them if that's an appropriate situation too. And some days you have to kind of fall back and say, okay, let's shut it down. Let's just have a really easy day right. and just use this time to make you feel good. Right. Right. And so the misconception, the biggest misconception in the fitness world, I would think, is a quote unquote workout needs to feel like where you're like, sweating profusely Mm -hmm. and you're out of breath and your heart rate is high and you're just like you you're killing yourself Mm -hmm. but that's that's not true oftentimes that's the that's the that's the biggest lie that this industry tells us some days it's okay to spend half an hour and just gently moving around and then at the end of the session feeling like oh, i feel really good mm-hmm. i feel better than i came in yesterday and came in came in through the door today right and honestly like if that's the feeling that the client's leaving these doors with after the session then we did the right thing absolutely our goal is not for them to walk out feeling like oh i just died in that class mm-hmm. sure there are, there are days that's you know the program is written that way so it's supposed to they're supposed to feel that way but that shouldn't be every single session right um and i think that's definitely like a tough thing for like a new up and coming trainers and coaches to know because it's like you're so motivated you want them to feel that way and you feel like that's what the clients want mm-hmm. uh, so then that's what you try to give them right right um but then as you go through you learn like hey that's that's not how it's meant to be mm-hmm. right right Absolutely. Yep. And uh, how are you balancing your own training uh-huh. with the needs of your clients? Because I know you're getting really busy. Plus, you're helping us out on the commotion dance program side as the office manager. So you have a lot of responsibilities here. Um, your boss is not too kind. I know that. <laughs> That's so not true. <laughs> and so how are you finding that balance to be able to have time to train yourself? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And it's actually something that I've been working on right now for me because I think I got a little off on the balance for a little while. Um, But I also think things change. So there's different points of my life where um, weight training was really important to me. And, you know, and then I went a little bit more cardio and finding that balance in between all different types of workouts and also being okay with, uh, you know, what I do in a day. So... 
<laughs> finding balance that's that's tough and it's actually it's interesting that you asked me that because you probably don't even know but that's something I'm really working on in my mm-hmm. life right now too to find um I'm fortunate that some of the classes that I coach I can I can also do with the mm-hmm. the clients so that's great um, early morning classes are usually a little bit smaller so I can get some some weight training in there uh, I can work with them they're a little bit more independent in what they do uh, some other classes I'm not really able to work out with them mm-hmm. uh, and then I also find just sometimes stepping out of the facility and doing something where I don't have to coach or you know or coming in when it's just me uh, to do things where I'm not I'm not coach I can take my coach hat off mm-hmm. and just just train or go for a nice long walk um, finding balance between all of those things mm-hmm. has really been helpful but right. yeah that's it's interesting that you brought that up because it's something <laughs> I'm working on right now I, I mean I think in general like most of us are working on that like balance aspect in mm-hmm. one way or another throughout life right. and I think a lot of listeners can relate to that um, and, and as coaches it's hard because like people look at us like, oh, you must work out every day, mm-hmm. all the time. And that's absolutely not true. Right. I mean, like, we also know that, like, that's not beneficial. Right. So we try not to do that. Um, but you're right. Like, the, the balance between, you know, your own training and then the and then the focusing on the clients themselves. Sometimes, like, because we care about our clients so much, we end up spending so much time on their end right. that we don't take enough time. And then not and not enough time in a sense of being able to have the time to even reflect and say what's best for me. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of go through the day and just kind of try to fit in what you need or what you think you need. Right. But in return, if when you ha- when in turn, when you actually have the time to reflect, you lo- realize like, why did I do that? Like that, that wasn't beneficial to me at all whatsoever. But because I felt the need to like have to move, mm-hmm. I just kind of forced myself to do that. You know what I mean? Right. I've gone through those phases and it's just, you know, it's tough. And, and then it's like, uh, it's, you just continue to learn as you grow. And I think you'll, f- you'll eventually find that balance. Right. Um, I mean, after over 10 years of training, I feel like I finally found that balance. You know, like I, I love lifting weights, you know, everybody knows that, but I've cut down to three days a week mm-hmm. on just strict lifting. Um, and my body feels absolutely amazing. Yeah. So much better than it has been. Cause obviously I was overworking myself, mm-hmm. um, overtraining myself and, uh, and that, that wasn't healthy. And right. I think I'm, I've been trying to tell you like, don't do too much. Yep. Don't do too much. Yep. I'm learning that from you. Absolutely. The rest, resting is as much as important as the training itself Mm -hmm. so you know that's that's one of those things and practicing what you preach that's the other thing that I'm really you know rolling stretching and you know sometimes we're busy all day long so we don't fit that in I know you do a much better job of that than I do so I'm trying to get that back in also just so my body feels better Um, I coach it but I don't always live it so yeah so that's definitely something I'm working on now too yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, before I let you go, um, if you could, right? So I want you to, I want, I kind of had this idea of always ending the podcast with uh, the guests that I have. If you could send a message uh, to the people that's listening to this podcast and, you know, maybe uh, are curious as to like, maybe becoming your client or joining the gym or starting a fitness journey or are like have been like kind of eyeballing different diets, right? Mm-hmm. I just did an air quote. Yeah, he fingers. did. <laughs> diets. Um, what would be your biggest advice to them? 
I think one of the things I see the most with clients is not believing in themselves, not loving themselves. And I think people are so much more successful when they love themselves, when they know that, you know, this, it, it may not be an easy journey, whatever your goals are. And that's true for anything in life. It might not be easy, but you can achieve it. And, and nothing happens in a, in a straight line. Weight loss doesn't happen in a straight line. Strength building doesn't happen in a straight line. You're going to, you're going to hit some tough times. You have to believe in yourself. You have to keep working hard. You have to love yourself where you're at. Um, Get rid of the negative self-talk and just believe that you can do whatever you put your mind to. Oh, it's pretty beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on our first podcast. This, <laughs> this was awesome. so much fun. I was so Why nervous, not? but it was great. <laughs> I could talk all day. Well, maybe we'll do another one uh, right. in, uh, in the future and see how it goes. I'm, Part uh, two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think the listeners would have enjoyed this podcast. And um and if you have any comments or concerns or questions, or if you want to send us, we love this podcast kind of thing, let us know. And if you're looking for a, a great coach to help you on your journey, Coach Michelle is definitely the person that you want to work with. Yeah. yeah so thank you thank for tuning you. in and uh, hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.